top MMA voices Ariel Hawani, Chuck Mindenhall, and Pizza Carroll are live on the Spotify Greenroom app for every major MMA card with the Ringer MMA show. Hear the guys react to weigh-ins in real time and find out what they think of the fights the moment the final card ends. Plus, when breaking MMA news happens, they'll be live to talk to you about it. And if you miss the Green Room show, you can hear it as a podcast anytime on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a live Ringer NFL show on Green Room. It's trade deadline reaction, or I guess there's a lack of a trade deadline, but there's a lot to talk about. I'm joined by Nora Prince. Yadi Nora, what's going on? Happy trade deadline day, Kevin. How was it for you? I had a nice time. I, yeah. I was texting uh, uh, somebody in personnel like a couple hours ago, and he was just saying, this is always such a fun day, even though stuff really doesn't happen all that often. And that I found that comforting because I was just like, ah, personnel people are just like us. That's how I feel. The one thing, and, and you know this as well, the amount of boredom in NFL facilities in the regular season would really shock you unless you're a coach, a position, co- position coach, coordinator, whatever. Like the, the personnel guys, they're not doing a whole lot. NFL people either work 120 hours a week, drink eight Red Bulls a day, live in incredibly work intensive and unhealthy lives or like they're just on Twitter kind of a lot. That's correct. And I would say this, the the famous line is if they're, if these guys work as hard as they say they do, why are there so many scratch golfers? Uh, Who's not a scratch golfer? It's Steven Ruiz. What's going on, buddy? How do you know I'm not one? Because you have a PS5. That's true. I'm not a scratch golfer. Although I'm, I'm pretty good at golf video games. Guys, the chat is alleging that Ruiz might be the Bangalorean. Oh wow! Explain explain your rivalry with uh, with a Bengals super fan, Stephen. Before we get into this, well, I have a I have a rivalry with the whole Bengals fan base. But he's okay. one of the if there was a Mount Rushmore of Bengals fans, he would yeah. be on it along with the Bengals captain. Uh, there's a Bengals Batman. There's a whole Bengals extended Bengals universe. Yes. Okay. And the Bangalorean was the funniest of the characters to me. That so I latched onto him, and me and him have kind of gone back and forth. And then I lost the bet to uh, Solak, so now I have him as my Twitter avatar. Wow. Okay, so let's get to the actual trade deadline. Uh, interesting <laughs> few days. Uh, we're going to start. We're going to get to the Von Miller stuff. We're going to get to the Odell Beckham stuff and the 11-minute video that his dad posted this morning. Um, real. One of our colleagues said, I wish that I wish that our dads posted stuff like that in defense of, of our job performance. Um, but okay, all right. So we'll start with Deshaun Watson and the lack of a trade. So couple different reports all saying the same thing. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross received permission to talk to Deshaun Watson last night, uh, and there just wasn't enough time to get a deal done. Uh, according to, to Rap Sheet, the fact that Deshaun Watson did not settle his legal situation was the reason that, that nobody traded for him. That seemed to be inevitable and obvious. Um, and this goes on. He cannot be traded now until March 2022. I guess in theory there could be a deal in place before that. Uh, Schefter said it was due diligence by Miami, um, but but they're not going to do it. Ross made the call. Uh, Nora, this seems like common sense from all sides. Yeah, I, I I think honestly the most notable thing is that even it was allowed to get to this point. I, I wrote something last week. I just fully don't understand why he was not placed on the commissioner's exempt list. Right. It is the only outcome that makes sense to me. I just do not understand why it's not worth figuring out the legal situation, letting those investigations run their course while putting someone on paid leave in a way that's been, you know, used on other players. And I don't want to say similar situations because it's ultimately, you know, apples to oranges at absolute best 
in cases like this, but it it just makes no sense to me that we batted this this around like no pun intended a football for however many weeks when it just was either going to end in nothing mm-hmm. as it did, which is probably within that context the best outcome. Or if it didn't, it's either, as you said on the show a couple of weeks ago, the riskiest and most reckless trade a team could have made ever. In, it'd, be, it'd be the most reckless memory. trade in the history of football. Yeah. Including, by the way, I mean, even play out the scenario where Watson figures this all out, his name is cleared, right. whatever. The team that traded for him under those circumstances doesn't even get to say, well, we knew. Right. They just have to live with, well, we were kind of maybe, maybe not, but he's a really good football player, so we went for it. Like, there's just no... I just wish this hadn't been as big of a story, but it was and nothing happened, so... People were covering it like it was a normal trade, and that was what was so strange yes. to me. And so, and also, what does settled legal issues even mean? Ask the grand jury to come back early so they can go replace Tua? Oh, right. Excuse me, grand jury. We, the Dolphins have a quarterback crisis. What, what? What? I don't know what that ever meant. It was all very strange. Stephen, where do the Dolphins go from here? I thought the sense of urgency for the trade got stranger and stranger as the season went <laughs> on. Them being one and seven, right. like Deshaun Watson, all the horrible things that come with trading for him, he's not going to turn around the season. So I d- it didn't make sense. And where did the Dolphins go? I don't know. Maybe they asked uh, the Eagles for their top five pick back. I think this is a situation where now How you think that's going to go. Now you have tra- to wait. Why don't they try to trade Jalen Waddle for their top five pick and see how it goes? <laughs> that would be a good idea. I mean, at this point, they have to wait two years to even address their quarterback situation. Yeah. So now it's just like uh, Tua have at it again or trade for Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just not a lot that they can do. Nora, uh, the Dolphins' plan now is is what? Uh, yeah, draft better. <laughs> I, I wait. I got an idea. <laughs> right-handed Tua. Right-handed Tua. We we, we flip <laughs> that around. Is. I mean, I think that there, there's just a couple of teams now that will be kicking the can down the road, and that's the Panthers, who obviously David Tepper wants a franchise quarterback. That's the Dolphins, who thought they had a franchise quarterback when they drafted Tua. They don't, and the Justin Herbert thing makes it worse and worse every single week. Um, and so I think that there's going to be. Without Justin Herbert was washed now. Well, I mean, depends. He's he's less washed than Tua. Is Tua washed or he, was Tua never the opposite of washed? He was pre-washed. He yeah, was like he was one of those right. American Wait, what Eagle evidence sweaters. do you have that suggests David Tepper wants a franchise quarterback? Well, he says it a lot. He has a lot of money and seems to want to use it. Then why did he use it on a, acquiring Sam Darnold a year ago or a couple months ago? You know, Stephen Ruiz, <laughs> you raise an interesting point. The real answer to your question, right, is that the Panthers, a team that you could argue is a year plus away roster wise from being like, okay, all they need is a good quarterback. Let's get ready to go. They were reportedly in the mix for Stafford, for Rodgers, for Watson, every high level quarterback that's been even, you know, rumored, whispered to be available. The Panthers are like, Ooh, do I want some of that? Maybe. Let's see. Which at least creates the impression right. that that's what they're looking for. To your point, actual but then they, evidence then they of them pass going out on and doing Fields. it. Right. That's right. that's that was yeah. the whole issue. But yeah, yeah, I I I don't think the Dolphins have an easy way out of this. That doesn't involve 
starting over in the front office. I, I get the idea of, oh, if you're going to take an analytical approach, you have to be patient. And sometimes things aren't going to work out and the owner can't be scared off by minor setbacks. But this isn't a minor setback at this point. They put all their eggs in this basket. They were supposed to compete in 2021 and they are now one in seven. They are now worse than they were the year when everyone was asking, are they tanking on purpose? And is this safe for the players? Like two years ago, we were having that discussion. And this team is technically worse than that team. I mean, I don't know how you continue on with this front office going forward. Yeah, it's really, no, I, I think there's a like a full full reset button situation that's kind of necessary. Which kind of explains the sense of urgency when trading for Deshaun Watson. I'll, like that's a whole PR storm you have to deal with. And obviously you shouldn't be trading for players that submit these things off the field. but it would have glossed over the fact that they botched this quarterback situation. And like the pessimist in me thinks that may be the reason why they pursued this trade so heavily at a time when things were so uncertain. Well, totally. I mean, that was, that was in, in my view, at least kind of what made, uh, put it into relief. Why I felt like the NFL just needed to put him on the exempt list because it was right. creating situations where it was like, okay, one week there's a commitment to, coach says we're committed to the quarterback, then quarterback plays terribly. Then all of a sudden Deshaun Watson rumor cycle into high gear. And then you just get this, this feeling like, okay, teams are not going and making an assessment over whether or not they can stomach adding this player to their roster, given what they know. And more importantly, don't know about his situation it actually exists on a spectrum based on like what their football needs are. And that's, that's what gets kind of troublesome. Yeah, that makes sense. Should we discuss trades that actually happened? Yes. I think that would be delightful. All right. Uh, So let's talk about the Melvin Ingram trade. Because I I feel like that's the one. I would love to. I feel like that's the one that like the Von Miller trade has obviously stolen the headlines, but I think a trade for Ingram is the kind of trade that kind of just changes one little thing for the Chiefs defense, but it could have a knock-on effect that really helps them out. And assuming Patrick Mahomes figures out this turnover problem and he starts to play better when teams aren't, uh, when the too high doesn't conf- uh, confound him anymore, I think the Chiefs, this move could potentially get the Chiefs back in the race for a, a Super Bowl. Well, so the thing is, is the Chiefs are, it, the Chiefs are in a weird way still in the race, right? right. Like they're four and four. The AFC's a mess. So they're absolutely like the wild card is very, very, very much in play for this team. I don't think they're in a great place for the division mm-hmm. because particularly because I don't think that their defensive issues are just going to go away, but they are absolutely in the playoff hunt, like very squarely in the AFC. The reason why I'm optimistic about this trade for the, the chiefs defense is that it allows Steve Spagnolo to s- stop blitzing so much. Cause one of the, one of right. the problems is that it's not just that he's blitzing. He's blitzing in an effort to get a free rusher because they have no one that can defeat one-on-one blocks. Now that you have Ingram, you can kind of mess with protections enough where you're getting Ingram on, he's still getting blocked, but he's getting blocked by a tight end. He's getting blocked by a running back. And he can win those those one-on-one matchups, whereas other edge rushers on the Chiefs roster before this trade could not. So I think it takes some pressure off him on third down. He could do more covered stuff. And it should make the Chiefs' defense look a little like it did in 2019 when they won the Super Bowl. It wasn't great back then, but it was at least passable. It was decent. I mean, yeah, decent. Ingram, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Reed, 
is a decent sounding group. It's and fine. I think decent would go a really long way for the Chiefs right now, particularly as you're saying, Stephen, if it would enable them to blitz a little bit less and not leave those linebackers and safeties on as many islands as they are currently really, really unable to, to hold up on. Are you saying Daniel Sorensen is no Darrell Revis? I, I am saying that Sorensen Island is not exactly <laughs> a Ruiz, vacation destination. Ruiz, what's your best guess on why Sorensen keeps getting snaps? I don't think Juan Thornhill is good against the run. And right. I think when you're at safety, it becomes harder to decide like, oh, should I trigger against the run or should I stay back and play my coverage? And like when you're not a player who can do that instantly, it's hard to play you on early downs. Okay. So Ingram has a 13.7. blackmail. 13.7 pressure percentage rate this year, 17% pass uh, rush win rate, according to pro football focus. If there's a schematic thing that the, that the chiefs can do, Steven, like, what is it? Is it what you said? It's just blitzing less and trying to get pressure up front. I mean, is there, is there anything solving this or is this just going to be Patrick Mahomes saves himself and that, that saves the season? I mean, I don't know if the, the move is going to work out. So it, it could end right. up being Patrick Mahomes has to save this, but Let's say it does. I think it allows them. It's not necessarily blitzing less. It's how they're blitzing. It's instead of sending a six man pressure because we need to have a free rusher against five offensive linemen. We could send a five man pressure now and get a good matchup on Chris Jones or Ingram that we can win. Now you have more players in the secondary to defend the pass. I think that's what it does. Less six man pressures, more five man pressures. That's what the Steelers were doing early on with him. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they had to do something, right? Like this was it was the kind of trade deadline where if the Chiefs didn't do something, we would have all killed Brett Veach and said, okay, they stood stood pat and they shouldn't have. They also traded uh, for tight end Dan Brown. They traded Duvernay Tardif to the Jets. I, I mean, it's it's fine. It's the best they could get. Six hundred thousand dollars salary is not huge. Giving up a sixth round pick is not huge. It's yeah. it moves fine, right? Yeah, it was worth it was worth the risk. Yeah. I mean, if it doesn't work out, who cares? He also didn't want to be in Pittsburgh. Tomlin unveiled once again his uh, we don't want hostages quote, uh, which is what he says about guys who don't want to be there. So it's fine. I think it works for all parties and they can just they can, it, you know, it's not a huge investment. I love that Mike Tomlin's like bit is just to casually invoke a hostage situation. <laughs> I love that this is just a thing that Mike Tomlin is known for doing like, oh, Alex Highsmith is getting more snaps all of a sudden. Oh, he's a hostage here. Wait, Ben Roethlisberger is choosing to be there. He's not there against his will. Ben Roethlisberger is volunteering to do this. I mean, to be clear, Ben Roethlisberger is the one person who opts in every single year to make $30 million. That's a good point. That's That's, it's one of his, uh, it's one of his, his. I too volunteer to make $30 million. Is, I, is immediately checking down on fourth down like a form of time theft? <laughs> That's why he's there. That's why he opts in. That's why he opts in every single year. Um, It's possible that Roethlisberger is the one who's holding the Steelers hostage. That's correct. Yes, that's that. That is more to the point. That's he's both salary cap schematically. I wonder if the offensive coordinator feels about that. Um, All right, let's let's kind of move off this and go to Von Miller and the trade that went down on Monday. Solak and I did an emergency pod on Monday about it. Are all of our. Thoughts are, are mostly there, but, but Nora and Stephen, you guys haven't talked about it. Uh, I do want to add this note, which is that apparently, and Noah Fant confirmed this, so it was reported on Monday that Von Miller was upset about a Halloween party in which the players did not chip in, 
And then Noah Fant went on the radio and confirmed that, that Vaughn wanted to cancel the party because of a losing streak. Money became an issue with the guys. Uh, and Fant added that he was sad that it, that, that didn't stay in-house. Uh, I didn't know a Halloween party could change the fortunes of an NFL franchise, Nora. I'm sort of not, I'm, I'm not surprised in this. Halloween party drama, I think, is a little too common because it's like, it's this big weekend. Everybody wants to go a little too hard. It involves a lot of machinations. You never host because what if you never, start? Yes. I, I actually love to host, but not a, not a, not for a, uh, not for a holiday where people like well, really go hard. Sure, but only I love close to host friends. a dinner Only party. close friends. Yeah. The lesson is host a dinner party. Could you imagine throwing a party and the, and the result is the greatest player in franchise history wants out? He threw the party. Oh, he threw the party. party. That's his that's own party. Um, all right. Football wise, not party wise. Steven, what does this give the Rams? It gives them Von Miller. And it gives them, <laughs> no, no. It gives them a, like another play. Like one thing they've done well this year, Raheem Morris has done well is, is what I was talking about with the Chiefs, getting matchups for certain players. And now that you add Von Miller into that mix, and all of a sudden you maybe can't slide your protection towards Aaron Donald on third down, I think that makes it so much harder for offenses to even game plan. Because you have to game plan around players like this. You can't call certain plays because of it. You have to leave certain chunks of your playbook out because you have to worry about blocking Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, it it just makes things so much harder. And I understand there there's like some kind of there's some pushback to this trade mm-hmm. from the analytics people saying the Rams are, you know, going all in. They're doing too much. They're giving up too much. For well, this. I, the, the, the second and third round pick is also in part because the Broncos are taking nine million dollars of the nine point five million dollar salary. So so Von Miller yes. is basically free. And one would assume that they're going to get a comp pick if if he does leave in free agency. That's right. And they're going to get third round comp picks because of some of the hiring, new, new finagled hiring stuff and stuff like that. The comp pick for the comp pick for Miller would be up to a fifth. Um, I think some people thought it could be up to a third, but it could be up to a fifth just because how long he's been tenured. They also have their own fifth round pick. So boy, the Rams are just hitting that fifth round. That's when, that's when they, uh, that's when they shine. (laughs) So here, here's where I think like the analytical analysis of this trade falls short. Get them. When you're a, a team like the Rams, who are going to make the playoffs, I think you start wa- worrying about those playoffs and how you're going to game plan and how teams are going to game plan against you. And individual mm-hmm. matchups become so much more important. Whereas when you're an analytics person, you're trying to study as big of a sample size as you possibly can. You're not necessarily worried about how we match up with a certain team. I think they made that trade because they want to beat Tom Brady. I know they beat him already this year, but in the playoffs, it's going to be different. And when you have Von Miller, Tom Brady's job becomes a lot harder. Yes. As the Broncos proved when they won the Super Bowl. How much does he have left? I think it was 19th in the NFL in pass rush win rate, 19th in the NFL in pressures. Like Von Miller is what now? He's still a very good pass rusher. I would say top 10 pass rusher. I don't know okay. if he's still top five, but like he's still good in the ways that you would expect a young pass rusher to be. Like he still has bend. That's like the thing. Like he can turn the corner really right. fast. That's the first thing that goes. On a team that makes like rusher. Leonard Floyd look really, really, right. really good on a routine basis. Like I think he's got plenty left in the team. And Dante Fowler. He got paid off of playing with Aaron Donald totally. for a year. Yeah. Nora, are the Rams going to the Super Bowl? 
are they going to win the Super Bowl? Um, here's the problem. Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's just that's like his, his shtick, thing. and he's that's not on the Rams. But I think this makes the top of the NFC Rams Bucks. It's so, like so that's if you like were, your little. If you I hate were, I hate to do a tier, a tier for you. Yeah, I know you what hate I was that. Say, I but if I were to tier, the top. tier this for you, sure, I would make a little top tier of the Rams and the Bucks. Maybe the Bucks and the Rams. It's not the Packers, but they're they're in a nice the Packers little, little might be tier. hypothetically if we were tiering it, which we're not. We are not tiering it. But we're if we not were, tiering it. But Packers if we were, we tier. might say that the Packers. And I think as long as Dak gets back and healthy which he seems like he's like very well on the, on the road to be doing that. But if that's the case, I'm saying Packers Cowboys is maybe the top of that second tier. Where do the Cardinals fall in? Further down in the second no, tier. Second yeah. tier. Second yeah. tier. Again, wow. we're not doing we're not tiers. We don't do tiers on this podcast anymore. The tiers are canceled. Hey. The tiers are on my pillow. Ruiz, uh, Broncos blow it up. Oh yeah. I mean, isn't this blowing it up? Assuming it wasn't hundred percent the Hollywood party, a Halloween party drama. Right. This is blowing, this is the first. Yeah. Step. Also, also, you don't like if Aaron Rodgers, if no one showed up the Aaron Rodgers John Wick party, they wouldn't have traded him. Like, you know, it's just a, it's a separate deal. Um. All right. So let's uh, let's go through a couple other notes here. The Eagles did not trade Fletcher Cox. Seems like a good move. I actually I actually didn't even follow why that had to be reported. They're thinking about it. Yeah, there were some rumors. I I mean. I guess it makes sense on paper just because he's an aging player and they probably need a reset, but I don't think you just give away players just because I like, I think the analytics people would have applauded that trade. Like just getting rid of good players for draft picks is a good deal. Who are the, let's stop you right there. Who are the analytics people? You want me to name names? Meryl Streep and the Oscars. Is it it like, who, 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 who is the, is it like Billy Bean? No, I'm talking about the people (laughs) on, on, on Twitter. Okay. The analytics people. The Illuminati. (laughs) Yeah, Billy Bean is a, a, you could use him as a stand-in. All right, so let's uh, let's get to this one. This is a non, this is a non-trade thing, but I'm obsessed with it. So Sam Farmer of the LA Times called Philip Rivers today, and he said he has not heard from the Saints, but he'd be listening. His high school season is over. He was a high school coach in Alabama this year. That is over. He's got nothing to do. Uh, Steven, you had a take on this, and I'd like you to to make it uh, a public take. Yeah, he's just like publicly lobbying for the Saints to sign him at this point. I think this is like his way of, you know, like when an agent leaks something to the press and they tweet it out and they try to will it into existence. He's doing this like someone gave him the idea. And I think by next Sunday, he's going to be doing the the fake two minute drill Russell Wilson does outside of the Saints complex. It's going to be a battery. Just go. It's like the Pelicans are also there. So he could also just do just try out for both teams. Um, Wow. Wait, Wait, hold on. Hold on. Here's the Sam Farmer tweet. Philip Rivers tells me he hasn't heard from the Saints, but would listen. Tells me. We sure Philip Rivers didn't call Sam Farmer? No, I, I think that might have happened. It definitely I, happened. I think that might have happened. Like, uh, this does not say I called Philip Rivers. I'll ask. I'll, I want to ask both of you, but I will ask you first, Stephen. Uh, should the Saints sign Philip Rivers since Philip Rivers decided to, to get this out there? Yes. Why not? I feel like Philip I mean, it Rivers. It sounds like he play for for the minimum. Yeah, I think he would. I think he would just like allow the high school that's employing him to pay his salary, and then the same, he'll just play for free. Offsets, yeah. <laughs> Offsets <laughs> with the Faro Alabama High School. 
the 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 high school probably has more cap space than the Saints. Let's be honest. Uh, that's a very nice area of the country. I'll say that it's a very nice. It's uh, it's sort of by the Senior Bowl. Um, Nora, what would you do if you were Mickey Loomis, John Payton, right now with quarterback position? Heck yeah. That's it. Like, was that? A, I would just say heck yeah. Um, okay, I probably, I would love to sign Philip Rivers because it would be very fun. Right. I wish that uh, one Theodore Bridgewater and or Tyrod Taylor had been an option, mm-hmm. but maybe Sean Payton just keeps like winning with Taysom and Trevor Simeon. IDK man, I feel like he can do that. How about how about Cam Newton? Yeah, would you you rather have Cam Newton or Philip Rivers? Probably Cam Newton, because he just has. I don't know. He was like at a training camp and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I think Philip Rivers. Then again, I also feel like Philip Rivers probably just like hosts training camp for himself in his backyard with all of his children. I would say Philip Rivers, as much as it pains me to say, just because of the time. I just think that when guys stop playing, it like really that can be quite quite problematic that's correct uh when you, talk, when you talk about odell beckham jr and i i purposely waited until sort of the middle of this pod because otherwise we were just going to spend the entire time on it uh odell beckham senior made an 11 minute video or posted an 11 minute video i don't know if he actually edits it i don't know if he's if he's i mean if we should the ringer should hire him as a video editor if if, if he made it um posted an 11 minute video of odell beckham i guess not getting the ball from Baker Mayfield. I guess that's the way to put it. Uh, and then in the in the chat, he resp- He said that uh, Mayfield is, quote, either hating on Odell or he doesn't want him shining. Uh, Can I read some hashtags? Uh, please do. <laughs> so I don't want to dunk on a, on a dad trying to hashtag, except that's what the internet is for. So I'm going to do it. Here's some hashtags that were in the, in the um, caption on the video that was on Instagram hashtag I hurt for him. That's the number four (laughs) followed up by hashtag this really hurts. And then hashtag very hurtful. So we know how Odell Beckham senior feels about this. He is is hurt. He is upset. And then LeBron sends a tweet saying free OBJ. A couple other people, Dame Lillard, I think was like, yo, this is crazy. Um, so obviously okay, Dame Lillard had like plausible the, deniability the group, on his comment though. The group chat, whatever group chats Odell was in, Odell, Odell Jr. and maybe senior with superstars, there was clearly a concerted effort to, to free OBJ today. Um, a couple of things. Number one, this was reported. There were, I saw a couple reporters who acted like this was like Odell Beckham senior had just accidentally like dropped a, an atomic weapon on somebody like this happens it's all fine. the time parents are mad about everything with their kid in the same way that like if we all played professional sports our parents would be like i think they should give the ball to my child on every single play right i was in the student or the uh, family section at the miami unc game a couple weeks ago and i literally every parent was just like why don't they give it to my son on every single play okay that that's yeah, how these because things that's go what, that's what parents are there was a receiver do. i'm not gonna name the receiver there was receivers parents who were right behind us who would just yell open he's open on every single play <laughs> The child was That's never so open. Cute. The child was never open, but he looked open. Okay. But Odell's dad had video proof. Yeah. But here's my here's my thing. Enough with the conspiracies. Can't Baker Mayfield just be bad? Like well, maybe he doesn't have yeah, these yes, ulterior yes, motives. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe okay. he just sucks. Yeah. That that's what I wanted to get to here. 
is that it's everyone's like, oh yeah, uh, Baker or Odell seems like Baker. It really doesn't want him to shine. Maybe he just can't get him the football. It would really help if Baker could get on some of these easy throws, get the ball in Odell's hands. You can run 80 yards like he used to. I don't think a Odell is capable of that. And B, I really don't think Baker's capable of that. What say you about the Browns offense right now, Steven? When I watch them on film, I will say this. I agree with Odell's dad. Odell's not the problem. He gets open consistently. He's, he's not Odell from 2016 or whatever the last year he was considered elite, but he's still a very good player. And the fact that there's this misconnection between him and Baker Mayfield, I don't, I don't think it's all on Baker, but I don't, I think we're taking the wrong conclusion away from it. And that's like Odell's presence on the field is ruining the offense. I don't think that's true. I just think it's a small sample size of targets that haven't gone right, but he's still a good player who's good, who can help this team win. And the offense is still fairly productive outside of a few notable games. Nora, how do we fix it? Well, I, I think I think there's this tendency for it to either be it's got to be Baker's fault or it's got to be Odell's fault. I do think that there's a preponderance of evidence that these two players don't work particularly well together. So since 2019, Baker's got a, a 69 passer rating when targeting Odell, which is the lowest figure of any quarterback and receiver with more than 100 passing attempts in that span between them. I mean, we're not holding up passer rating when targeting a specific receiver as like the be all end all of whether or not an offense functions. It's not great, right? To be last on that list. There are a lot of metrics that say that Baker's an at least slightly better quarterback when he's not targeting Odell, whether that's because he just has this tendency to try to force it to Odell or tries to spend a little too much mental energy on making that something when it hasn't been, maybe that's it. I do think that those two guys just like don't really have it going on together. I do want to go back to not to criticize LeBron here, uh, who I think did an excellent job. I mean, speaking of dads being just like a great football dad on the Manning cast, just I forgot muttering, about that. Muttering a uh, draw play right here over and over again while while Peyton Manning tried to make jokes. I think that went a little bit better than than the tweet, right? Because uh, speaking of hostage situations, as we have discussed elsewhere in this division, Odell is not exactly being held hostage. I think it's a fairly open secret that if another team were offering a second round pick for Odell Beckham, a second, probably, I, I think it's a lot lower than that. I think he would. So I asked around today and the response that I got most often about like, what's Odell's value right now? is like maybe a third. I, I think I think if there was maybe a fourth, they would thought they would have thought about it. He's not helping the team in any meaningful way. Well, right. And because he is not helping the team in any meaningful way, the fact that he's not getting traded means that the offers aren't there. Right. So like right. free OBJ is like a little bit of he could be freed. I'm sure the Browns would be probably pretty amenable to freeing him. If His dead cap this year is 15. Next year, I, it, according to Spotrack, he doesn't have a dead cap, so they can get out of his deal pretty easily next year. So we'll yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, does this anything here tie into what, how much you'd pay Baker, Nora? Oh God, no, no. 
the the how much you pay Baker thing is like the most complicated and fraught question in football right now. And I think honestly, the answer is trending towards like you kind of don't pay Baker. I think at this point, which is a really, really, really scary position to be in when you are the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. and when Miles Garrett wears a Halloween costume that has all the quarterbacks that he's sacked on it. And from a distance, it looks like it has all the Browns quarterbacks on it. Yeah. By the way, thank God nobody upset Miles Garrett during his Halloween thing. <laughs> That's the kind of guy, if, you, if he has like a bad party or whatever, you just don't say a thing. You just keep it moving. Um, he goes a dinosaur because he really likes dinosaurs. He does um, like dinosaurs. But no, I, I, the answer to your question is that like the Baker thing is so complicated that I think you almost have to, you kind of have to address it in a vacuum just because if that's not the thing, it's kind of the only thing. I feel like there's like an obvious answer or solution to it. It's just let him play out the fifth year option. And then if he, if he plays well, just play the franchise tag game. Just franchise him. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. When I say don't pay him, I mean like big contract extension now is just a no. I agree with you on where it is right now. Like in before the season, I would have been like, yeah, you pay him. You have to pay him. No, Yeah. That's how I felt. But now it's like, that's how I felt too. But I also thought he would have a good season. Well, so the market now is like $35 million for Baker Mayfield. Right. You can't pay Baker Mayfield right now $35 million. I will not be doing that if I'm Andrew Barry. And I don't think Andrew Barry will either. I understand like it can work under the cap and everything. If anything about Carson Wentz or Goff taught us anything, you can move any contract. Any contract is movable. But still, you don't want a, 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 you don't want to have to attach a first round pick. If Wentz and Goff also taught us anything and Baker, I think is better than those players. But if he's certainly better than golf, they also taught us that maybe it's not always ideal to hand a quarterback who has been supported by scheme and has been good in small sample sizes, um, but not consistently a huge bag of money. That also might be a secondary lesson. All right, let's go big picture. Who won trade deadline week, Steve? The Rams. Yeah. I think they're, they're the only team that tried to win it, unless you count <laughs> the Chiefs trading for Melvin Ingram. I guess. I, I have a list here. Uh, Schefter put out a list. Uh, we're forgetting Zach Ertz to the Cardinals. Fine. Steph Gilmore to the Panthers. CJ Henderson to the Panthers. Kenny Young to the Broncos. Okay, Fla- Stephon Gilmore was good last week. Flacco, Just you like, got a pick. Flacco to the Jets. Mark Ingram to the Saints. And then the trades that we've we've already mentioned. So uh, no I'm one, switching to the Jets. You got to uh, get a good backup for Mike White, and and they got a doctor you can save on medical costs with Duvernay Tardif. He could get uh, Zach Wilson back on the field. It's like a Belichick values positional flexibility. <laughs> and they hired John Beck, which does absolutely doesn't have we're panicking about our quarterback vibes at all. No, you know what happened? I interviewed John Beck for a story a couple of weeks ago, and and then the Jets they, hired him. It's kind. Of, I'm like the Sean McVay of of coaching hires now. All right. Uh, I think that still might be I, Sean McVay. I have another you know, winner. Okay, go ahead. We might have the same one because we think pretty similar on this lines. Go ahead. It's the Broncos trade package for Aaron Rodgers next year. Oh. They get an extra second and a third. Okay. The Broncos have a first round pick, two seconds, two thirds, one fourth, two fifths, and two sevenths. Okay, but... My counter argument is that things are going so well in Green Bay right now, and the Broncos are not in any way going to be the better option. I just think you should just stay in Green Bay. Should and will are different things. I just don't think, especially if the Broncos just 
I mean, they got rid of, isn't having a good defense like part of the reason he wanted to go there? Also, yeah. he's very into Halloween and takes it very seriously. So that's correct. Oh, the, you, you got to think about that stuff. The Halloween party stuff might be a nightmare. It's going to be, it's going to be real sad when this Aaron Rodgers trade package turns into a Sam Howell trade package. Um, that's hey, I have a winner. Uh, I think it might be the Buffalo Bills because nobody in the AFC made a Von Miller type move. And yep. I kind of feel like if I'm a top, top, and I'm using them as a proxy for any of the top teams in the AFC going into this week there, I mean, however small there was a chance that some third tier, second tier AFC team would have made a leap and they didn't. Uh, so the Ravens benefit from this, the bills benefit from this, uh, just those teams that we talk about as leading the way in the AFC to me, I think standing Pat, it seems like a pretty good move right now. Flip side of that, a loser to me is the Titans. Because, because they lost Henry. you lose Derrick Henry and that's just Adrian absolutely, Peterson. Right. Like, which, first of all, okay, that is underwhelming in and of itself, but I don't like what it says about how they look at the rest of their season without Derrick Henry, right? Because Mike Vrabel's out here saying stuff about, well, running back by committee. And it's just like, you need to recognize how significant of a blow that is. And our guy, Ben Solak, who's has, in the chat, who's in the chat has made, I think, very articulate and convincing arguments about how the way to pivot from that is go get another receiver. Just become a, a passing team in a way that the Titans have not been. Show some recognition of how drastically this has to change your offense. Yeah. And they just did not do that. All right. A uh, couple of questions. Have you guys heard about the Texas special teams coaches monkey? Oh, boy, have I. So yes. have I. I don't actually think we should elaborate on that. No. Should get that clear with Spotify legal before we comment on that. Um, Are we allowed to name the pole pets. assassin? Oh, we just I did. Just did. We yeah, just, I just did. did without asking. Sorry. Um, so my take is don't have exotic pets. I have a lot of takes from that, actually. Uh, Dominic, Dominic asks, which parent of the Ring Run NFL show universe is Odell's dad saying my child has the best take and not getting enough podcast time? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anybody's parents well enough. So my, my dad had a take, um, based off our last podcast. He, uh, texted me and was like, Nora, when Kevin mentions the Zapruder film, do you know what that means? And I was like, I was a U.S. history major in college, dude. Like, you wow. wrote those checks, buddy. That's kind um, of an insult. That's a yeah, yeah. I was like, "What are we doing here, Dad?" Uh, it's not a surprise. Deshaun Jackson announces he's parting ways with the Rams. Fine, wasn't a lot of room for him. So, Tough scene. Yeah. Uh, someone's asking, "What is Zapruder?" And I don't want to answer that. Um, okay, so Google it. The, that's uh, what my dad asked if I needed. <laughs> to. Darren Ravel will tweet the film out. Hey, um, I would say, you know, I was supposed to, this is actually a famous uh, ringer moment, is that I, I actually was going to have dinner with Mallory Rubin and her father in Baltimore the night before the Ravens AFC Championship game, right before they lost to the Titans. So that, that dinner is still on the books. It has never happened. Then there was a pandemic. So we have never had that dinner with Mallory and Barry Rubin. So that's it. Wow. That's why I've never met anybody um, there. Uh, Someone says Rivers to Carolina. Steven? Sure. Why not? 
<laughs> what do you want me to say to that? Yeah. I know, is it better or worse? I mean, I assume New Orleans I, it's be clearly better. better. Would, would New Orleans be a better option for him? And it would be New Orleans' best option, right? I, th- I think I would, if I'm Phillip Rivers, not looking at record, just like offense and situation, I feel like the Panthers would be more attractive than New Orleans in, in terms of weapons. Yeah, but not in terms of coaching and all that. I mean, Sean yeah, Payton's a better point. coach but than. I feel like Phillip Rivers has, he could be his own coach. Like, you don't need a coach necessarily. Yeah, but I think he would like to hang out with Sean Payton. Uh, I agree with that. Ben Solak is upset because he was the one that asked what is a pruder and I didn't realize it because I was just churning out content and too busy to read names. So, uh, all right. Anything else, guys? Google it, Ben. I got right. nothing else. Thanks, everybody, for joining the live show. This was fun. We'll do it again sometime. We'll probably have more in-depth takes on uh, Jeff Banks's girlfriend's uh, monkey down the line. This episode was made possible by producer Isaiah Blakely, with additional production supervision by Arjuna Ramkapal. Next up on this feed is the Players Podcast. Jason Goff, James Jones, and Ryan Shazier break down everything from the player's perspective. I will see you on Sunday with Ben, Stephen, and Nora. This has been the Ringer NFL Show and Green Room, part of the Ringer Podcast Network.